1: Holidays, Colts Nation, guys. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast. As always, guys, the official Colts Podcast of Fansite. A shout-out to them. Happy to be here. Happy to be representing you guys. Man, what? Christmas night. I've been saying it for a while. Don't screw up my Christmas. Don't ruin my Christmas. Don't mess it up. Rashad, I've been saying it. Rashad is back with us tonight, guys. I've been saying it for a while. Don't mess it up don't and sure enough it did it man how before we get into the football man how how's christmas
0: oh man christmas is awesome man got to spend christmas with my family uh we stayed indoors due to the covid spike that's going on as we see it running rampant in the nfl more on that later but yeah man we decided to stay in uh this is my son's second christmas first christmas he could really run around and, and, and tear things up and he still don't know what's going on yet, but he sure know how to destroy a wrapping paper. So, you know, I know baby Dustin, shout out to baby Dustin. He don't know what it's like yet, but by this time next year, he'll be running around doing the same thing my son doing. Dustin, you have that to look forward to. Don't even waste time wrapping stuff, man. He's going to destroy it. 0. 0.2 seconds.
1: There you go. Hey, man, I got to see my my new nephew. Uh, oh, wow. My new nephew, Mateus, man. It was so, it was so awesome. I like that. Man. He, was, he was so small. Uh just getting to meet him for the first time, trying to already convert him to a Colts fan. Because you know, my brother saw dad, you
0: laying down with him with the yeah the phone right in front of his face. Yeah. I that's so
1: Mike like that's that's definitely that's you. That's you e- exactly because I know I know his dad is gonna tell him all kinds of crap about this sorry ass team in Dallas, and I'm like, nah, I can't have <laughs> that, man. I can't set him up. But when it comes to when it comes to baby destin, when it comes to baby Rashad, man. Uncle Mike, I, I, he, he's got to get y'all set up with some TCU gear and some new uh, ah. gear. We got to get y'all set up, uh, everything, man. Just so y'all know, Rashad Destin, y'all y'all will have some uh, packages coming in the later months, coming ahead with some TCU gear, TCU baby gear and everything, maybe even a TCU mat to put in the baby room. All I know is that if I paid for it, you better use it so all right so anyway. don't waste people
0: money that's one thing i don't do i don't waste people money if you thought enough to get him something we'll, we'll put it to you we right. may change his diaper on it but we'll put it to <laughs>
1: <use>. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll we'll give it uh the the dog's bed that's that's what gonna do. <laughs> but anyways guys christmas it was it was good man it, it, it was good i hope everyone had a good christmas everybody uh just had a good time some good food as always but there was also something that happened on Christmas, okay? And there was I, I don't know about anybody else, but I've said it for a while. How truly will NBA and NFL compete with each other? Like if it came down to it, what would you watch? I'ma be honest. I did not watch a single second of NBA Christmas. I didn't watch a, not one second. I didn't watch one second. I even forgot that my Dallas Mavericks were playing. I yeah. completely forgotten they were the last game of the night and we suck this year so i'm just like okay so lucas hurt kp's coming back but we're covid everywhere we're not going to win
0: so i was going to watch basketball until you put that hex on my on my basketball team so you just made me decide not to watch it mike has Rashad. cursed my team mike cursed my team on twitter Dude. and they haven't won a game since
1: hey man that is something i'm going to point out you know some I, I it was the night where i you know, the night of the Patriots, I I predicted the Colts would win 27-17. Someone said, "Okay, what's your next prediction?" I said, "Lakers won't win the rest of their games this week." And they lost 5 games this past week, including Christmas. That that's God, man. Look at God. Look <laughs> at God working. You know, and hey, Rashad, I keep telling, I told you from the beginning. It wasn't going to work with Russell Westbrook. I told you from the beginning. You did. You called that. And I've been on I hey as much as you want to keep saying, I got one thing right, I have been balling this year. Okay. Mike Mike got two predictions right. No, not two that. predictions because our friend, good friend Destin Adams and you this offseason were Kenny Galladay this, more so Destin on Kenny Galladay. Okay. Kenny Galladay this, Kenny Galladay that. And then both of them, Cardarius Tony this, Cardarius Tony that. In week 16, right tackle of the Cowboys, Terrence Steele has more touchdown passes, touchdown catches than Galladay and Tony combined.
0: Damn. See, that's why that's why I love draft season because you so conveniently forget that you said Zayvon Collins was gonna be defensive rookie of the year. And he's not yep. even starting right now.
1: Yeah. He's not even yep. starting right now. Hey so- man, I, I honestly thought he was because there was all that. <laughs> drama going on between jordan hicks and the cardinals and they eventually figured that stuff out and honestly man mm-hmm. jordan hicks who would you he's start jordan hicks or david Con- i'll go jordan hicks I'll he's go a jordan baller
0: hicks. he's a baller man straight up baller uh, this year. yeah
1: i i love you know throwing some of those those shots back at you and destin just like y'all throw them at me and it's all good fun but i just want to let destin know oh yeah uh his his babies of the offseason Are trailing a right tackle and touchdown catches combined? That's
0: hilarious. That That is hilarious. hilarious,
1: Okay, and I'm pretty sure when Destin comes back, we're going to spend a whole (laughs) entire episode of him responding to everything we've said over the last over the past. Oh yeah, Yeah, yeah. over over the past, he's going to come. We're not even going to talk football. I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, guys, getting back into the groove of things of what the show is supposed to be. The Colts played on Christmas. They beat the Cardinals. Even the Browns and the Packers showed up. And to my point earlier, when it comes to NFL Christmas, NBA Christmas, I didn't watch a single second of NBA Christmas because I think when it just comes down to it, everybody is going to choose football. Regardless, even if the Lakers were playing, they were still watching the Packers. A lot of people were still watching Colts and Cardinals. And I got to say, man, the exposure Indy is getting, these primetime games, hard knocks, it it really, really makes me happy that people are actually learning our players' names. Like, if you asked Teddy Bruski last year to name all 11 starters, he couldn't do it. But now this year, right now, tonight, if you asked him, he could do it. He mm-hmm. even knew what EJ Speed's name was. So it, it was a marvelous night, man. Marvelous night. The Colts get it 22-16. to 16. One of the topics that we got to talk about coming out of this game, uh, Frank Reich. Frank Stinkin Reich. Talk about it. Show me a better Coach of the Year candidate. Sh- show me a better one. Show me a better one, please. I mean, Bill Belichick, uh, we beat them. Okay, they've had Mike, a little... Mike Vrabel has a case. I'm gonna Mike Vrabel happy. has a case. All the COVID, all the... yeah. Uh, they even added more COVID cases today. Yep. I believe Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, a couple of marquee names. Yep. um, Mike Vrabel, Frank Reich. Hell, I would probably even maybe, maybe put Brian Flores in there with Miami. With the run, what, the run he's making with yeah. this run
0: he's making. If he gets a win tonight. If he even misses the playoff, like by maybe a slot or two, I think he'll have a shot. He'll have a decent chance. Yeah,
1: I, I think if you don't make the playoffs, I just think that's the way voters think. If you don't make the playoffs, we're not going to vote for you. I, no. I don't think he'll
0: win it if he made the, if he missed the playoffs. But I, I think even, he'll at least get consideration.
1: Yeah. Uh, but for Frank Reich, man, starting one and four, having the injuries, having the COVID, all that stuff coming climbing out of a hole. Now you've beaten San Francisco. You've come back and beaten destroyed Buffalo. You came back and beat new England and you beat Arizona on their home field in their building. All of that. You're resurrecting Carson Wentz. This offense is humming. I mean, show me a better candidate, you know, and maybe, in my opinion or in my prediction, national brands suck. And Frank Reich probably won't end up getting it. It'll probably go to Mike McCarthy, or it'll probably go to Matt LaFleur, or it'll probably go to Bill Belichick somehow, some way. But Frank Reich needs to be in the consideration for this award. And he needs to be at the top of this award. He has to. He has to. I mean, everything I just listed and after Saturday one thing I've always noticed about this team as the season has gone on remember the last two games including Arizona and against New England all the penalties Arizona and New England made that cost them but yet Indy hasn't suffered penalties committed penalties that hurt them I realized that Saturday night I'm like these teams keep committing penalties, but Indy's not. They're disciplined. They're they're just smart, man.
0: Yeah, uh, for Frank Wright to survive all the adversity that the team was going through after the one and five start, one in four start. I'm sorry, um, people were saying that he needed to give up play calling. People asking for Marcus Brady to call plays. He's never called plays at an NFL level. Um, it was ridiculous at that time. Uh, me and you, I'm proud to say, me and you stood on the front of that was ridiculous then when it was happening. And we also pounded the table and said, Frank Mike Frank Wright is a top five offensive schemer, offensive mind, uh, play caller in the NFL. I stand by that. I said it then, and I and I'm doubling down on it now. Um, that that New England victory was big, and it probably was the biggest regular season victory of the Frank Wright era, just based off who New England is, where they were seated at the time, and and the rivalry that used to be. But I can argue with you that this Arizona Cardinals victory is more impressive than that one, just because of all the people that was down and how many people he needed to step up in that situation. And I don't want to go down the list of the rabbit hole because we're going to talk about a lot of this. So I'm I'm just going to save that part of it. But if you don't have Frank Wright as a top, three candidate, top five candidate, then your list is pretty much invalid in my eyes. I'm not being biased. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the hard knocks will bring a lot of the spotlight to Frank Wright and acknowledge the things that he's doing. People are starting to notice. We're getting more national attention than we've ever gotten for far as Pro Bowl recognition, for far as player recognition, now the coaching staff. And I see a, a push for Chris Ballard as executive of the year, which is undoubtedly – A top three guy as far as what he's done with this roster, the depth he's put on this roster. And it was all on full display on Christmas Day. And and that's the part I love because everybody from Chris Ballard to Frank Wright to Carson Wentz to Jonathan Taylor to EJ Speed to Jaleel Adai. You know, all those guys gets highlighted in this victory because all of them were needed for this victory. And the way they pulled through and came together, man, I'm so excited for Hard Knocks this week. It's gonna be
1: awesome. And not even that, he already has a protege looking to be in the playoffs in Nick Sirianni. I mean, oh yeah, everything that Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni learned under Frank Reich. And remember, everybody wanted to mock him, criticize him, make fun of him over a press conference and. Let me just say, press conferences don't win championships. They don't win games. They don't even make the playoffs. Going out there and performing does. And I mean, and I was talking about this with someone on Twitter. Oh, has he had a marquee win? No, he hasn't come out and beat like the Patriots or beaten the 49ers or something like that. But what they're doing is winning when they're supposed to. And they're playing some good football. I mean, the roster and the quarterback that he has, given all that he's, They're in the playoffs right now. They're positioned as a seventh seed and looking to stay there. So Frank Reich, I mean, you're seeing it. Something is something special is going on with this team right now. Something special and a belief not only in Frank Reich, but in this whole entire locker room in Indy. They believe in one another. They stand with one another. This is what you want. And yeah, you know, we talk about. Who who should be avoided? I mean, who is hotter than the Colts right now? I mean, if you wanted to put Kansas City in front of them, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. If you want to put KC1, Colts 2, okay. But other than that, who is hotter than the Colts right now? Going on, what is it, three straight wins, two more games coming up. Raiders are going to be streaky. We'll talk about that later on in the week, but it is, it's great to say, man. It is great to say we're going to get uh, a little bit before we get into the good, the bad, the ugly, like we always do after every game, guys, COVID is hitting the Colts. All right. Now we're not going to get into all these, you know, childish, ridiculous debates on who should, who shouldn't be vaccinated. We're not going to entertain any of that crap. All right. But we're going to talk about it because it is a story within the team that is affecting the team. So going into this year, let me pull it up right here. I already have the list in front of me going in um, to Saturday night. Let me see here. We already had. Quentin Nelson, we already had Mark Glowinski, Rocky Sin, Kamoko Toure, Zach Pascal, Kari Willis, Darius Leonard. Those names, I mean, you think about those names and what they mean to this team. They were gone, and a couple of them were literally gone right before the game. So you already got hit right there. Imagine, I'm going to go down the list again. We're going to go Darius Leonard, Kari Willis, Zach Paschal, Quentin Nelson, Mark Glowinski, Rocky Sin, Kamoko Toure. Ryan Kelly is gone right now. So that, you know, that adds into what a loss is as a player. And it is expected that he might be back uh, in the building this week. Now, is he going to play? I have no idea. Uh, The Colts are still standing by him. If he needs more time, take more time after the tragedy that struck the Kelly family. Of course, our, our thoughts and prayers are with Ryan and Emma. Those are the COVID, but then added on today, is right tackle Braden Smith, corner T.J. Carey, Marlon Mack, Jahi Adai, and linebacker Malik Jefferson. The Colts are getting hit with COVID right now. Where is it coming from? I don't know. This was one of my fears, having a bye week late into the season, and now you're having almost an outbreak going on. You missed a lot on Saturday. And you prevail. What does that mean going forward? The Colts have got to get this under control because right now, OK, but when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need every single one of these. So Frank Reich did say that they're going to do a lot of virtual meetings, which basically, you know, when we usually see on hard knocks, everybody's in the meeting room, whether if it's offense, defense, special teams everybody's in there. That's not going to happen. They're going to have virtual, but they will have practice. I mean, of course you're going to have practice. You got a game plan, go through all your uh, strategies and everything. But in terms of the meetings and everything, everybody is going to be virtual. So that's a good sign. They're getting ahead of it and trying to slow it down. That's the good thing. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, entertain. I guess you could say, Oh, well, Carson's unvaccinated. What is that? I'm I'm not going to get into that. I'm I'm not going to get into that. It is affecting the Colts right now, but it is expected that we're going to get a few of those guys back from uh, the COVID list, get them back for this week. There is a new protocol being worked on for COVID. I don't know what the details are going to be. Probably going to be a shortened quarantine, which could lead to some guys probably maybe even being more available this week for the game I don't know yet we got to get the details when they come out that way we can talk about it very accurately so before we jump into the good and the bad and the ugly Rashad covid it's hitting the team right now but get into the playoffs they got to get it under control
0: yeah man you know and that's something what well, um I and, and you're you're much like me with this we we kind of don't get into the covid thing because that bleeds over into politics and and then it goes into people really voicing their opinion uh, or getting angry at other people over their opinions. And, you know, we're always on the side of do what's best for you and your family first. So that's where I stand at with COVID. But apparently from the looks of it, the NFL PA right now, and the NFL is discussing um, new rules that, that is going to reflect off what the CDC just announced in that it's now, once you get COVID, it's a five day quarantine now. So Hopefully the NFL and NFLPA is able to do this safely. But if they can get the rules changed from a 10-day, which it was basically two games guaranteed you were going to miss if you were unvaccinated. I heard they're getting it down to five games now. I mean, five days now, I'm sorry. So if you're only missing five days, then uh, Big Q, Darius, all those guys will be back. Pretty much the whole offensive line, really. Will be back before, except well, will Braden? I think Braden got put on today, right? So five days, I think he'll be back. I think he'll make it back just in time for Sunday. Yeah, if, he'll if be activated up, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he'll be activated on Saturday. So everybody, pretty much that that has been diagnosed, will be back. And the one thing I can say is, you know, once they had it. You won't get it for another, what, three months, I believe the time is now, 90 days, 90 days, something like that. So maybe the outbreak, you know, has came at the right time if it was going to happen at any other time. And the fact that you was able to pull that Cardinals victory off is even more massive now because just in case those guys can't go and you drop one to Oakland, I mean, well, Vegas, you, all you have to do is go into Jacksonville and handle your business. And I don't want to hear anything about the Colts having won in Jacksonville since 2014. If this is a different team and this is a team that, that's going to make a statement in the playoffs, they got to go in a situation like that and get it done if they need that game. But just on the COVID front, hopefully Mike's sipping on something over there. He's showing me. Hopefully it's a legal substance, you know, and it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. He don't have any business drinking. But now, nah, man. The COVID situation, the Colts have to get it under control before this week. Big game against Vegas, and, and I think the Colts will win that game, and I think they'll get that situation under wraps. But if I'm the coach, most importantly, I'm keeping Carson as far away from that facility as possible right now. Uh, the live reps, I know he can, he can miss a few live reps at practice. Just send him the footage, go over the game plan with him in detail, spend lots of hours on Zoom but I'm keeping him far away from that facility.
1: Yeah, I think Frank Reich already came out and said they're not going to go overboard with protecting, specifically he named Carson. I think he Mm -hmm. was asked about Carson, actually. Um, And he said, no, we're not going to go anything overboard for that. Of course, you know, they're not him, Sam, uh, Brett. They're not going to be, like, together. They're going to be separate, six feet apart and all that stuff. And I I really just got to, you know, I guess you could say harp on something. Earlier today, the Titans announced that they had a few players uh, hit the COVID list, and I saw a few Colts fans be out there. Oh yes, they're going to be missing this person, this person, this person. They're they're not going to play. You know our chances or whatever the case may be. I, I really don't even wish COVID on anyone just to miss a game and try and help our chances of a division. I I, I don't wish that. So I, I'm with you. If we could not wish that on Twitter, if we cannot be happy about that on Twitter, that would actually go a long way, honestly. Uh, yeah. That's just my opinion.
0: I but, mean, class class always wins out man. Right. Like, you know.
1: Definitely, definitely. Hey, look, Frank Reich is about to win the Coach of the Year Award with class <laughs> and all that love that he is getting right now. So Absolutely. getting into the good, the bad, the ugly, guys, we got to start it off with, with the player. The questions surrounding this player all year, maybe even the last two, three years, ever since the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl without him. And the questions have been up ever since. And they have just grown larger and louder over the years. Carson Wentz, getting it to him. Look, he started off the game good. OK, but of course, we're going to talk about the fourth quarter. We're going to talk about the fourth quarter. We're going to hit on something a little bit on him later in, in the show, but we'll, we'll table that. But talking about the good, the, the throws were timely. He played good. He played good. There were some things, of course, that he made it rocket science and instead of just simple quarterback quarterbacking. um, And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, it can't be this hard to be a quarterback. It really can't because some of the things were just so simple to see, so simple to notice, and he just didn't do it. Um, But regardless, when we needed it, and we've been asking the question, I have even brought the question up on the show, even when we're hot, when we were winning, I've brought it up. Carson Wentz is going to have to do something. He is going to have to put a team on his back, and he's going to have to win it. He's going to have to. The defense has done its part. Jonathan Taylor's done its part. The special teams have done its part. Carson Wentz is going to have to throw in that game. And when I say that game, man, people are just so damn picky with this guy. They want him to have 45 completions out of 50 attempts, 450 yards and five touchdowns that's what they want to see like tools and clowns like ryan clark and warren sharp and jeff schwartz running their mouth who have never played quarterback before they're sitting there saying oh he still can't do it you just asked him and begged him to show you what he can do in the clutch when the game is on the line and everything is on his shoulders What can he do? He just did it. And you're still asking questions. He did it with a no name receiver. He found a no name receiver that nobody knows outside of Indy. Right. And he hit him in stride. That was a beautiful, that was a beautiful throw. throw. That was probably his best throw of the year. And somehow people aren't satisfied, but I'm hella satisfied the entire night. And I was tweeting about it. I'm not going to read y'all those tweets because, damn, that was going to sound bipolar. But it was on and off, but when it needed to be, he was on. He anticipated. He made throws. He made timely throws, took command of the game, and won the game.
0: Carson Wentz, man, uh, outside of a a bad quarter, which we'll get to. Carson Wentz – 18 for 28, 225 yards. He was averaging 12 and a half yards per completion. Like, uh, for those of you that don't know, that's pretty good. You know, uh, two touchdowns, no intercepts. He, he was sacked a couple times, which wasn't his fault. He wasn't holding on to the ball for a long time. He missed a couple of reads, yeah. But I think Carson Wentz, and, and this is my take on this, and nobody will say it, but I'll say it. People, Pundits, uh, media people that, that that follows Indy, they overanalyze Carson Wentz. There is a thing as overanalyzing a person. You know, when you nitpick, when you find problems, yes, he's not the most mechanically sound quarterback. Sometimes he uses improper technique. But I want you guys to know that that touchdown dime he threw, it wasn't proper mechanics. He threw it off one foot sidearm getting hit. And it was a dime. Carson Wentz is volatile. I will tell you that in, in, in a heartbeat. He's going to scare you, but he's also going to make plays that only about maybe five to six guys in the NFL can make from time to time. And that throw was one of them. Like, that was an absolute dime that he threw. And Carson Wentz can't do that, man. He, he's that talented of a guy. He's a big, strong guy. And he is a playmaker, man. Sometimes it comes back to vitamin ass, and we just have to live with that. But the the quicker you guys come to realize who he is as a player and his shortcomings and what he does well, then the quicker you'll be able to accept that this team has a lot higher ceiling now that he is the quarterback than it did a year or two ago, because Carson Wentz has the ability at any given time. Like Mike said, it doesn't have to be forty-five completions. He don't have to go thirty for thirty-eight. 30 for 35 for 496 yards, it's just not the type of guy he is. Although he has thrown for over 400 yards against Baltimore earlier in the season. He has that ability, but that's not his role on this team. I don't get how you guys want him to throw for three or 400 yards, but in the same breath, you're screaming, run the damn ball every play. Like, which one is it? We can't have 40 carries in a run game and 45 passing attempts. Like, NFL doesn't work like that. It's either one or the other. If you want him to run the damn ball and have Carson make a few plays in a game, which I think is the recipe to win against certain teams, some teams are going to take the run away, and we just have to live with that and trust Carson that Carson's going to go out there and and deliver. And in that Arizona game against a top-five pass defense, that's what nobody else is mentioning, a top-five pass defense, he went Mm -hmm. out there and performed. He made all the throws he needed to make. He resurrected T.Y. Hilton. He hit Desmond Patman, guys. He's using Desmond Patman, got action Doolin, people nobody knows outside of Indianapolis. So uh, to cut the man some slack. He even got Mo'Elly Cox involved. Mike, did you see that?
1: Bro, I let out the biggest joy, joy <laughs> of relief when he caught that ball. Legitimate. I was sitting down, and when Mo caught the ball and started running down the sideline, I jumped up and I said, he caught it.
0: Mo looks so confused running that ball down he the sideline. He looks so dang like, confused. Where the do I go? Where do right.
1: I go? Where's, where's my forward at the three point line? Oh, no. Damn, this is football. I can't back it. <laughs> Dude, it, it is crazy. Look, I really hate that people keep going back and forth. And this is something I got to ask, man. I got to ask this question. All right. We keep asking, can Carson do it? Can Carson do it? Can Carson do it? Can Carson do it? Can he do this? Can he bring a team to win? Can he bring a team to do that? He turns the ball over too much. He puts the ball in harm's way, but yet he has less turnovers than Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. He has less interceptions than those guys. What does Lamar Jackson want? What is Dak Prescott won? What is Kyler Murray won? What, what is Josh Allen won? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they get that pass because they've won a championship. But Carson,
0: Carson Wentz right now is projected to finish with the lowest interception rate in Indianapolis Colts history. But you ain't hear that from me. That,
1: right. So w- which argument are we gonna choose? Again, I'll ask the question. I- I'll say it again. He has less interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. No, not Aaron Rodgers. He has four. He has has, uh, less interceptions than Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the list goes on, guy. If y'all really want to get into this conversation, we can. I would love if ESPN or anyone ever did, we can bring a fan on. And we can debate any topic you want. I want to debate which argument do you want to choose for Carson Wentz? Because you can't have it one or the other. We keep asking. Dan Rolofsky has said time and time again, the Colts, the Colts, the Colts. People like Ryan Clark and Mina Kimes, I just don't trust the quarterback. Oh, well, what has he done? What the fuck has Dak Prescott done in his career? What has Kyler won in his career? What is they? What has Josh Allen done? What has Lamar Jackson done? What has Joe Burrow won? What have they done? What have they won? Dak Prescott been in the league five years. Where's his NFC championship appearance? Where's his Super Bowl appearance? Kyler, where's his playoff appearance? (laughs) Where is it at? But we keep questioning Carson Wentz. Really? Really? Uh He grabbed three cashiers from Popeye's and led them to the playoffs in 2019 in Philadelphia. He grabbed a dude that made Philly cheesesteaks and said, here, you play tight end, just catch the ball if I throw it to you. And he led them to the playoffs. But yet we keep asking this question, but we, but every time I turn on the TV, Dak Prescott, this, Kyler Murray, this Joe Burrow, this Lamar Jackson, this, I keep hearing these names and I sit there and say Kyler Murray has more interceptions than Carson, but less touchdown passes than Carson at 20 and 10. Do we really want to have this conversation? Pick your arguments and stick with it. That's all I ask. Now, another argument that I've always stuck with Rashad, I told you, don't get scared. He'll be back. He'll return. It took him long enough. He's, he's not. He's not taking a break. He's not. I told you game plan. Some of it is on his part. A lot of it was on Carson Wentz. Not sorry, guy, I just hit the computer. A lot of it was on Carson Wentz not hitting him in stride. But I told you, Michael Pittman will be back. And what do you know? Time after time, catch after catch timely catch after timely catch eight catches 82 receiving yards Michael Pittman putting on a good show he didn't put on the show but (laughs) he put on a show in the games that you needed can your guys step up and that's what they did Michael Pittman I mean I there's even a, a video going around where I think it was on third and two. Carson Wentz ran up into the pocket to run for it. Isaiah Simmons, who is a freakish athletic linebacker, covering Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman fakes like he's getting the ball thrown to him, leads him outside, and basically luring a defender away from Carson, clearing a path. How many times I got to tell y'all he built for this? How many times I got to tell y'all he been around the league? But yet people told me we needed Kenny Galladay. People told me we needed to draft Elijah Moore. I keep trying to tell y'all. He's back. He ain't going anywhere. He'll lead us to the promised land.
0: Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. Dustin. Mike is never going to let you live that down, Dustin. Just so you know, he's not going to let you live that down. But, Mike, we do need an, another receiver. So we're not going to act like we don't. You know, you know, Carson was able to resurrect T.Y. More on that later. But Michael Pittman has finally, finally came back around. I got to say back around because he balled out in the first half of the season. Went to kind of a slump, couple of games. But he kicked it back up in high gear this past game against the Arizona Cardinals, man, working on Byron Murphy. We needed that type of performance. He had to be an alpha dog. Carson Wentz targeted him 12 times. He he caught eight of those balls. That's number one receiver type of production. Uh, eight for 82. That's over 10 yards per catch. Uh, productive, productive, productive game. Michael Pittman was going for first downs every time he was catching passes early in the season. We saw that same thing happening this week. Michael Pittman, your dog, man. And it's a good way to respond after you got ejected out of a game that you never should have got ejected out of in the first place against the New England Patriots, which the league came back and corrected and said Kyle Durga was fine. Michael Pittman was not. T.Y. Hilton was not for pushing a referee that he had no idea was a
1: referee. He so, didn't even push him down. He got tripped up. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. he reached out for T.Y.'s arm yeah. while falling down. So,
0: Michael Pittman, extremely productive, man. We needed that. You didn't get in the end zone. Uh, when you. I, I actually thought that was you that caught that touchdown pass in the back of the end yeah. zone. That, ended, that was Patman. I just didn't expect to see Patman <laughs> in that situation. I thought it was Michael Pittman. But I was just glad to see you get back to form, man. You was getting good separation off the line of scrimmage. And I was surprised to see the old Michael Pittman back, the Michael Pittman from week one and week two and week three, the one who was actually separating at the top of routes, making contested catches, catching with his hands, not allowing the ball to get to his body. Uh, he went back, worked on some things, refined his route running. Michael Pittman is back, man. Hopefully that transfers over to the next game and when we go into town and to play the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Exactly. I keep trying to tell y'all be he's back. okay. He's he's be okay. Back. Just give him time, and he'll do it. So, obviously, Michael Pittman back. Got to talk about Jonathan Taylor. All right, I, I I gotta I gotta stress this enough. Now I'm not gonna be as excited for him. Um, we 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 gotta stop being such a run heavy team. We have to. I'm not sure if it was just me. I'm not sure if I was just seeing things but Jonathan Taylor looked exhausted. He looked gassed. And the fact that we're not even giving carries to Naheem Hines or a healthy Marlon Mack who was active for this game is so puzzling to me. That that's, what's puzzling to me. Why aren't we using these guys? Why aren't we even getting Naheem Hines involved? honestly, that's a question that is, that is really starting to, like, irk my nerve. Like, we paid this guy. Why are we not drawing plays up for him? Jonathan Taylor is tired as hell. Bring Marlon Mack, who is healthy as a baby. Go and give him some carries. Give Jonathan Taylor a breather. I have been saying it. Do not turn into the Tennessee Titans and run Jonathan Taylor into the ground don't do it please for the love of god don't do it there are gonna be those games where you have to but doing this week after week after week after week and then when jonathan taylor gets to extension time and you cough up that money we've seen it with zeke cowboys ran him ran him ran him now he's suffering injuries now people are saying he's stealing money from dallas now people are saying man he's getting under overpaid protect Jonathan Taylor please. He he was still balling. He still made what a 2-yard loss into a first down on like 3rd and 4. Mm-hmm. Think about that. He had a 2-yard loss and then got a first down on 3rd and 4. He's still special now. But seeing him out of breath kind of just aggravated me a little bit because I'm like we have two other running backs. Let's use them. Please. Scotty Montgomery Get a sub in.
0: Well, um, I think one thing you can say about this, Oh, and Jonathan Taylor did pop a 40-yard run on the first play of the game. So uh, one thing I want to say is that, which is why I don't mind, he, he he had the heavy workload this weekend and the week before, was that Frank Wright did such a good job of managing his touches in the first half of the season to allow him to be a little bit stronger on the back end of the season. I think when everybody was in an uprage about, Jonathan taylor remember for, the, for about the first six weeks he didn't have over 16 touches in a game and everybody was in outrage like that's where the whole run the damn ball thing kind of kicked back in and people were saying frank wright needed to be fired and give up play call because he wasn't running Jonathan taylor enough and i remember you were saying back then that you didn't want to see him get too many touches because of what might happen to him further down the road but at this time mike they're desperate you know they're desperate to win games and they don't want they, – they don't feel like giving Marlon Mack carries. I know what it is. It, it, it's just because he doesn't have the explosiveness anymore. You know, Jonathan Taylor, any touch can turn into a detouch, touch and they always want that threat out there on the field. But I think as long as he's staying in the 25-touch territory, I think he's, I think he's good. Uh, this week he had 27. He did look a bit gassed, but that could be he was working a hell of a lot harder behind that offensive line because he was out there with four guys and Braden Smith, you can say. You know. So it, it's, it's tougher to run the ball in that situation because we know the Arizona Cardinals' run defense wasn't a good defense. It wasn't a good run, run defense. But they crowded the line of scrimmage. Carson saw eight-man boxes the entire game. He was playing single high. And they was daring the coach to throw the ball. The coach threw it just enough but they stayed consistent with the run game and tried to, even though it didn't work for big, big majority of the game. You know, like I said, he finished with 107 yards, I believe, but 40, 41 of that was on the first carry. So you could say essentially he had 26 touches for about 60 yards uh, for the rest of the game. So that's not very effective, but they found a way to get it done. Naheem Hines only had three carries. He only had one reception the week before in the Patriots game, Naheem didn't touch it too much, but you remember he did score on the kind of the tweaked version of the Philly special that counted as Carson Wentz touchdown pass. We'll take those, we'll take those cheapies every time we get a chance to. Um, But I think they have to find a way to get Naheem high the ball. You're right. He's being paid like a top 10 running back now. I don't know if people know that annually he's making top 10 running back money. So we do have to find a way to, get him the ball because he is the weapon and he's a unique weapon. Not many people in the league move the way Naheem Hines moved. And is that shifty and that quick in short area, in a short area. So we have to find creative ways to get him the ball. And I hope people noticed that on that T.Y. Hilton touchdown, it was Naheem Hines going in motion that shifted that defense. And, and when T.Y. ran across in the opposite direction, it was wide open. And that was created by Naheem Hines. So, I want to give him credit for that, man, because a great player always creates buckets for. What, what we say about Luca? He, he's great, but when you're you're truly great, when you create easy buckets for other people, and, and that's the type of player Naheem Hines has man.
1: Oh yeah, baby goat, Luka Doncic, I got you. Um, baby goat, baby goat. Yeah, there you go, white chocolate. Um, hey man, look, Jonathan Taylor, he's always going to be special, but please let's 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 just slow our roll, yes. please. Uh, But getting into T.Y. Hilton, the ghost of Christmas past. How about it? Four receptions, 51 yards, a touchdown. What about that That beautiful, beautiful catch? And throw by Carson to T.Y. along the sideline to get us in business on the game ceiling touchdown drive. I mean, this is the most consistent T.Y. Hilton has played and been healthy in a while. I'll say this is the most Mm -hmm. consistent he's played. And we're starting to see a little bit starting to get a little bit of a groove back in him. And we saw that on Saturday T.Y. I mean, if we're really going to get to our ultimate goal, that's who he's going to have to be is Michael Pittman's number two. That's what he's going to have to be. He's going to have to step up. So I just can't say any more about it, man. We know what T Y Hilton represents, man. Made timely catches when we needed it touchdown T Y Hilton. I even taught my girl how to do the T Y. So because they were watching the game with me. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. So guys, I I was just happy to see T Y in the end zone. Yeah,
0: it was good to see T Y, man. Uh, he got separation on that on that deep ball down the sideline. That was good to see. We haven't seen TY get that kind of separation in a long time. And what's most important is TY looked like he's having fun again, man. And, and that's really what's it that's what it's all about when you are a player at this stage. You know, people's asking about retirement. And I'm sure he's gonna get to that at the end of the season. But let him just enjoy the moment, man. He got a touchdown. It was good to see him in the end zone. Hopefully that's gonna this game is gonna spark something that we haven't seen in T.Y. in a couple of years, man. Hopefully you get back to being the T.Y. that we know and love and get back to producing. Not going to keep you long on the T.Y. topic because we kind of mentioned them throughout earlier when we was talking about the game so far. So that's how I feel about T.Y.
1: And guys, just so you know, in case you haven't gotten lost, we're still in the good. We still have a few more topics in the good portion of this game. Again, in this type of game, it is hard. It is hard to find bad and ugly in this game, even after, you know, If, you know, like Zach Hicks said on Twitter, you know, this is going to be an ugly game. And I tweeted back, Colts are built to win ugly games. I've said it time and time again. They are battle tested. They've been through the ring. They have been through all types of games, even when they didn't have Carson. So we still got a couple more topics on the good. All right. Just so you guys know. And the next topic is going to be our backup offensive line. Clearly, we knew going into the game, man, we're going to be without our three interior players, two pro bowl players, an all-pro player. And Danny Pinter gets his third straight start. Quentin Nelson is out. Chris Reed goes to left guard. Big old Matt Pryor (laughs) is at right guard. And man, they were doing a good job, honestly. They they were doing a good job. Um, I think the size of a Rashard Lewis finally got to a guy like Danny Pinter. You saw it a little bit, couldn't contain that block, couldn't kind of turn him and create a whole a lane. Um shout out to them, man. Shout out to them. Eric Fisher, uh definitely hope he's okay. You know, he's my least favorite player on the team. I I just think um he almost ruined us again. He almost ruined us. A Byron Murphy pass interference saved us. He allowed another strip sack that Arizona recovered another one, but thankfully Byron Murphy is stupid and he committed a stupid penalty and that bailed us out. So, I kind of feel bad that I didn't feel bad when he got injured because I'm just like, leave, go, leave. I don't even care. Go. But then I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Nah, man, this is a grown man. Come on now. Got to root for him and everything. And Julian Davenport, even Julian Davenport came in, and he did a relatively okay job on Chandler Jones and – Bottom top to bottom, man. This offensive line, given what they've gone through, all the changes, they had a they had an okay game. They did have an okay game. Carson did get pressured. Buda Baker, one of the top safeties in the league, all over the place. Blitzen, Braden Smith. I was shocked to see Chandler Jones even lined up across Braden Smith. Why are you not picking on Eric Fisher? Why are you not going at Julian Davenport? Thank God the D.C. and Arizona is stupid, and Cliff Kingsbury was stupid enough not to make that adjustment. So, oh, my gosh. Shout-out to these guys, man. They played their tails off. They fought. Chris Reed even got a little bit banged up. I don't even know who the hell stepped in. Will Fries is who stepped in. Um, Shout-out to them, man. Yeah, man, it was a total team effort. Um, uh, Frank Wright
0: even made the joke after the game saying, he didn't think they had any other offensive linemen left. If somebody went down and they said it was putting Moelli Cox in <laughs> on the offensive line, I know that would have made Mike happy, extremely happy to see Moale Cox line up at guard. But this offensive line, man. One thing Chris Ballard said he failed the team with last year. I don't know if people remember in the in the exit, the exit interview, he said. He he failed the team on depth, on offensive line depth. So he went out, you know, he signed some people. He signed Sam Tevy. You know, he bought Holden back. He went out, got Julian Davenport. He went and got Matt Pryor. And, you know, we laughed at a lot of those guys because we saw what those guys did as former starters in the NFL. And those guys were getting roasted. You know, Davenport, they hated him and and, and they made fun of him. Tevy, they made fun of him. Now, it's unfortunate Tevin went down with a season and in the injury before the season can even start. But Davenport, he came in, man, he, he did his job. He didn't do anything spectacular, you know, but he did well enough. He did enough. Danny Pinter has been playing solid in the place of Ryan Kelly. Uh, and, again, our, our condolences to, to the Kelly family, man. It, it's such That's a sad situation. Um, we, we, Frank Rice, they, they're expecting him back next week. Hopefully, you know he can come back and, and and get and clear his head and, and get back in the football space. Whether he plays or not this week, it doesn't even matter to me. Honestly, I, I just want him to get his eggs, get his head straight, and be able to to move forward with 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 such a tragic loss. But speaking about the Matt Pryor, he's been good all season for us, man. In spots where we needed him. You know, when Braden Smith went down earlier this year, Pry came in, was the ultimate professional, consummate professional. He played well. Chris Reed has been doing his thing, subbing in and out with Glow at periods of time, and Chris Reed's a dog. I think he'll be back. Uh, Frank Reich, I think is going to prioritize him coming back. This whole offensive line, man, I know it's a lot of people that most people haven't heard of. The diehards like us, you know, we watch these guys. We watch tape on these guys as soon as these guys get – get signed or traded for by the coach, you know, we go back and do a lot of digging and we see some flashes from these guys. And it's just good to see Frank putting those guys in situations to be successful. Cause some of these guys have the talent, but just never was in a scheme or a situation that, that is really good for them or a good fit for them. But Frank Reich is doing a good job, man, of setting these guys up for success and tons of credit to the offensive line coach, getting those guys ready to go, man, at the drop of a hat.
1: And that is why he is the coach of the year. Flipping the script to the defense, and we're gonna talk about maybe two names, two names. Let's let's see it, man. We're gonna talk about no, we're gonna talk about the defense, man. I gotta shout out EJ Speed. I, I I really do. EJ Speed and what a story he is. He played quarterback, wide receiver in high school. He only got one offer, and that was to Tarleton State in Tarleton. Stephen in Stephenville, Texas. That's like about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from me. Uh, Stephenville is where uh, Jarrett Stidham, uh, quarterback for the Patriots, that's where he went to high school. Art Bryles, former uh, rape allower, he allowed his football players to rape women at Baylor University. He uh, came from Stephenville. He was the coach there, and – that's where he went to Tarleton state played linebacker one year, then was drafted to the Colts played linebacker one year. Chris Ballard has experience and a history in the Southland conference. He has that experience with Tarleton state. He comes in thought of he's only a special teams guy. Probably won't even make the roster. He's too raw. And He's making plays, man. He is making plays in the run and pass game. The depth he got on some routes, on some angles in pass coverage, the open field tackle he made on Zach Ertz to stop a first down. I got to commend this kid, man. No one knew who he was. Nobody did. I am in a group of uh, TCU fans. Uh, we're big into recruiting and everything, and they were talking about it Saturday Y'all remember this dude, EJ speed. I mean, he played high school quarterback and I never heard of him ever since. And he's in the NFL. I didn't know. And I'm like, thank you for proving that you really don't study teams. So, all right. Um, he was all over the field, man. And that's just something that I, that I love again. Colts, Chris Ballard executive of the year, Frank, Wright, Coach of the year, Jonathan Taylor, MVP, uh, Carson Wentz, come back. Well, no, he, he, didn't, he didn't get injured. Um, I mean, you just got all kinds of pro bowlers. You'll have all pros. Um, Matt Eberflus will go get a head coaching job, thankfully, Um, and he'll go do that. By, by all means, do it. EJ Speed, I was so happy for him. So, so happy to see him play.
0: I just love... I just love what he's done, man. We know he was a freak as far as his size. Tall guy, six foot, what, four? The guy can run. He's fast. He's athletic. You know, basically, he had a couple like basically a red shirt, a couple of redshirt years, you know, where he just really got to learn the position, especially at the NFL level. And seeing Darius Leonard every day, what's a better way to learn than seeing Darius Leonard every day? you're definitely going to learn how to become a professional. You're definitely going to learn what hard work is. And hopefully you pick up on some of those instincts that that Darius has. EJ Speed, body type, is it, phenomenal for that position. You know, he has the ideal size for a guy that you want running sideline to sideline and, and the finish with nine tackles. You know, he got his hands on the ball, almost had a pick. Uh, he, he has the length and the speed to be a real playmaker. And what something I didn't know about him that, that he does well is he tackles really well in space. He's great in space. I definitely see a, a expanded role for him in this on his defense uh in the next year or so. This guy has been making special teams plays for us all season. He has two what two blocks, uh two two block kick block punt returns for touchdowns. Uh two touchdowns. He's two touchdowns, yeah. He he's an exceptional player, man. EJ Speed. I'm proud of the way you played, man. The performance you put on, your first start ever. You stepped up primetime football on Christmas Day. That that's something special, and it's something you would never forget for as long as your your career goes on. You can always tell somebody I made my first start on Christmas Day against the Arizona Cardinals, and I balled out.
1: There you go, there you go, EJ Speed. What a great story. We're gonna get into another one, and damn it, I'm talking about him. Ben Banagoo, Ben Banagoo, out here making plays, causing pressures, making Kyler Murray step up into the pocket, going out there and running down the sideline with Chase Edmonds. No, you ain't catching shit on me. (laughs) Did you see him out there? Did you see him? Chase Edmonds tried running a wheel route. Over here, Ben Banagoo said, where your bitch ass going? Get over here, chasing you down.
0: He got his I'm hands probably, on him and, and he did a great job. Man.
1: I, I'm, a proud job. I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. And this is this is what I asked. Now I'm not gonna act like, you know, right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals is a world beater. I don't think they're I don't think they have a top ten offensive line. They're no. they're okay. They're okay, but I don't think they're world beaters. No. But I mean, I just want to understand why the hell he doesn't play more. We, we, we talk about that off air, but again... Right, I was about
0: to say, we discuss it off air. But, yeah. but
1: again, he's performing when he is actually given a chance. He had three pressures, forcing Kyler Murray out of the pocket or stepping up into the pocket. Yeah, all, all of those plays, by the way, ended up in three incompletions, just so you know. And yes, of course, I went back and watched those because I want to hype this guy up as much as possible.
0: So, oh, absolutely. That's why I'm letting you have the floor right now. There you hey. go.
1: So I had to talk about him. Uh, you know, Dio Dangbo also had a good rush. Pay, I forgot he – I thought he was added to the COVID list. I did not see him all game. Um, so uh, I was just happy to see him out there playing, man. Had a few good uh, rushes. You know, the recognition when the when the Cardinals were on their last drive, the field goal drive, to make it 22-16, to 16, they were going to go to Edmonds. Ben Bandegu had the recognition that, okay, this is my guy, and that was his guy, you know, it, or else it would have been a touchdown because George Odom was occupied. Xavier Rhodes was occupied with A.J. Green one-on-one outside. He would have been free. Ben and Bandegu chased him down, had good coverage. As long as you know what to do when then, you get man. out there.
0: I was just happy to see him in, man. We know he, he, he's he been wanting the opportunity for so long. And I, and I know you speak to him, Mike, so you, you know how passionate he is about the game of football, man. And, and I'm just glad to see him get an opportunity. And it was looking dark for Ben, you know, in training camp coming into the season. I was afraid that he might be a casualty, but he hung in there, man. And, and he's hanging in there. And you never know what opportunities are waiting for you if you just continue to fight and ben is an example of that He he's a guy man he's a guy
1: there you go we're not gonna spend too long on that but the last good that we're gonna get into is the secondary the secondary i can't i i, I can't speak enough about it man i mean the the job that this coaching staff has done with this team i mean we were even talking about uh Sorry, I'm looking at my phone. I'm trying to get the name. I can never pronounce the linebacker's name right uh, for for Indy. So I'm looking it up right now. Is Dave, that a linebacker? Dave Bergonzi. Dave Bergonzi, oh, I, yeah. I want to say Dave Braganzi. The job he did, especially was out here. Franklin getting increased snaps as well. Bobby Okariki stepping up as the signal caller. EJ Speed playing that Darius Leonard role all over the field. You got Allen Williams who a lot of people think will become our new DC if Matt Eberflus leaves for a head coaching job, hoping, hoping he does. And he will be the new guy that could possibly be the next DC Allen Williams. The job that he has done, George Odom, Jahil Adai, Andrew Sandejo, even though he didn't play Saturday, the job that he has done with Julian Blackman and Kari Willis out is second to none. And I got to talk. Y'all even remember. I was hyped about this hiring of James Rowe in the offseason. Wherever he goes, production follows. Isaiah Rogers has stepped up. He has emerged as a number three corner. Number two, number three, whatever. Rocky Sin is now a starting level corner. Xavier Rhodes, now that he's gotten a little bit healthy, a little bit time to get healthy, he's now returning to quality play. Kenny Moore, we all know what he represents the secondary of the Colts last night's defensive MVP MVP for me was George Odom. He was disrupting passes. He was, Oh my gosh, the, how he got over there when the ball was going to Christian Kirk on the corner, the corner route, the angle that he took was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And this is why I've asked, why doesn't he get more safety play the way he played against Kansas city in 2019 told me all I needed to know he didn't get any reps in 2020 and I kept asking why why Destin says oh he wants to play free safety coach don't think he can do it well he's proven that he can do it so let's not say that anymore and let's stop let's stop being arrogant and let's start put playing guys where they need to be playing aka Ben Banner. so talk about the secondary Rashad
0: man uh Game, game ball for George Odom, man. I, I always thought he, even though uh, Willis didn't play, I always thought he was a better fit on side of Willis. Willis, is, to me, is more of a box guy. Yes, he has the ability to, you know, play boundary sometimes, or play the post, but George Odom is a rangy guy, man. He has the speed to make plays in pass coverage. And I think Willis is a better fit around the line of scrimmage. You let him roam almost as another linebacker out there. And you leave George Odom over the top, man, and let him play in some of those deep halves. And we saw the way he played, the plays he made. When you have no choice but to play him back there, you see the type of production you get from him. He was out there all over the place, man, sideline to sideline. And I saw the the tip ball you was talking about on the corner of the Kirk. And I tweeted, I was like, that's a play Sandejo don't make. And I love Sandejo. And Sandejo, it has a physical presence about him. He's a hard-hitting safety. He's great in the box. But those plays in pass coverage, he just can't make them. He just doesn't have the speed to make them. His instincts aren't there anymore. And George Odom needs more snaps. Point blank period. When Willis comes back, I think George Odom should be the starter next to Willis. And a day shout out to die too he stepped up he played well they had him rushing the pass a lot they were sending him on blitz a lot in that he, game I, he
1: good. was the reason he was the reason why we secured the safety uh when the uh, the center botched the snap and he was on a free blitz and thankfully he was there because Kyler may may have had time to make you a know, play
0: Kyler, Kyler makes magic out those type of situations we see it all the time and I know you seeing Kyler Kyler Texas guy you saw him make plenty of plays on broken, broken plays and broke bot snaps. And he, he does those type of things. That's when Colin makes his magic happens. So uh, shout out to a man. He stepped in, played well. Uh, I got a little relationship with him, met him um, when he played for the Chargers when my brother was coaching over there. Uh, he's a Pretty cool guy. Um, this secondary man, Rogers, other than the, he got beat deep. He did get beat deep. But other than that, man, he had some phenomenal reps. He had some phenomenal reps. He played great. Uh, Rock We need your back, baby. We hopefully, you know, you, you, you're, you're resting, you're getting well, and you're able to beat, beat this COVID thing. But Xavier Rhodes is rounding. He's starting to show flashes of what he looked like last year. And, and I think that's due to that calf injury finally looking like it, it's cleared up. You know, we could see him grimacing earlier in the year. That thing never was right, man. That calf injury was never right. But he had a couple of weeks to rest, and they took him off the field. Rodgers got increased in snaps, which he deserved because he's playing absolutely phenomenal. Um, Kenny Moore (laughs) is – I just got to laugh, man, at some of the plays Kenny Moore makes. It's becoming routine. What he does in a run game, setting the edge, making tackle for losses. Uh, Kenny Moore, he leads the league in run stops at at the cornerback position. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Well, but I do. Kenny Moore leads the league at cornerback for run stops um, in the NFL. He, he plays every position. He can play outside corner if we needed him to, but he's just so effective at w- what he does in the, for us in the slot. You know, we could never replace that type of production, so that's why he's there. He's the consummate professional. Uh, fix your motherfucking tie. That's all I can say, man. Kenny Moore, shout out to him. The safeties play great. Corners play great. Eva Flutes, hell of a job. James Rowe, man. Whew. James Rowe. You're a true difference maker, man. What you've done with Rock, what you've done with Rodgers. Kenny was Kenny before you got got here. But Rock and Rodgers are a direct testament of what you can do on a coaching level. And, Mike, we talk about it all the time. We love to see our position coaches develop players. That's the main goal of a position coach is to develop players. Late-round draft pick, mid-round draft picks, that's when you earn your buck. And James Rose earned every single dollar.
1: Yeah, and Brian Baker has not because he sucks. So we're still not seeing anything from these young rushers. Uh, but I quitty, quitty look quitty looked okay. Uh, he looked quitty okay. Looked he looked okay. Ben Bandigo looked better. Start him over quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, I, I I I got I gotta give um Matt Eberflus some credit. Ooh, hold on. Um hold on. I gotta drink uh
0: I'll compliment Matt maybe from a
1: from Cracker Barrel all right uh go go get it while it's hot uh, okay so had a little throw up come up um Matty Buflusa has done a good job all right he mm-hmm. has definitely been a hot name honestly I think it's just for the better and I'll take it okay I really think it has more to do with Dave Braganzi and James Rowe then it has to do with Matt Eberflus, honestly, uh, because of the development and pre- preparation for these guys is just second to none. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt Eberflus, with all of the attention the Colts are getting, I would not be surprised if Matt Eberflus became a head coach maybe took Press Taylor with him as the offensive coordinator because he is also a hot name, senior offensive analyst for the Colts. Um, Matty Rafuse might snag him as a offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. Who, who, who knows? I am anticipating that. Uh, but he'll be a head coach this offseason, hopefully, in my opinion. We all know that I've been ready for a change. I, I still am. I still stand by that. I don't think the scheme is going to change because this is Ballard's scheme. This is the scheme he wanted. If Alan Williams is going to take over, he's probably just going to run the same scheme as well. But at least hopefully there's a new way of preparation. There's a new way of development. There's a whole new wave coming in. I do think Alan Williams is a more physical type of uh, approach. Hopefully that's the case. But Matt Eberflus has done Well, you have faced some good quarterbacks, some good systems, and you have held them to 17 and 16 points, and you get credit for that. You get commended for that because, Rashad, going into the Buffalo game, did you think we would hold Buffalo, New England, and Arizona to 15, 17, and 16? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> and, Hell hey, no. you could say, you could say Arizona didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't have Rondale Moore. Hey, we didn't have Darius Leonard. We didn't have Julian Blackman. We didn't Rock have Kari sin. Willis. We didn't have Rocky Sin. We can say that as well. So it was pretty even. Uh, We did not have a preview show for this game. So I, I don't, you know, I would have taken the Colts to win this game. I put it on Twitter. I would have chose. to that one didn't happen. But my biggest point in why I believed in the Colts in this game, even when the late COVID news to Darius Leonard came, I've thought this in my head, even when he was hired for the head coaching job. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good NFL coach. I, I really don't. I think he starts out hot and he doesn't adjust. He doesn't change it up. And D.C.'s latch on to that, and they prepare for it, and, and it just happens. And I even tweeted out last week, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the leader that Cardinals need to lift them out of this slump. All that same old college stuff you were running at AM, you were running at Texas Tech, that doesn't work in, in, in the NFL. That doesn't if you run it week in and week out. It doesn't. Rashad, you know your brother is an actual coach in the league. You need to change it up. And he hasn't. Yeah. And you've noticed it. This offense is, in my opinion, I don't know if it's just me, but they look like they're running the same stuff. There's nothing too much different. There's nothing. So I for those reasons, I would have thought, even when it was an ugly game, I thought to myself, I still think I still think we're good. Still think we're good. I still believed in the team. The only thing we're going to talk about left, guys, is the only bad, the only ugly was Carson Wentz's third quarter. We're not going to mention too much on it. Uh, he missed a wide open T.Y. Hilton over the middle trying to target Michael Pittman. He was wide open. I remember he stepped up in the pocket, had yardage in front of him at the last minute, threw it to Jonathan Taylor, which was already overthrown. Dude, just run the ball. You're already there. Stop making it rocket science. Michael Pittman, again, beat his man, was open, threw it up high like he was seven feet tall. Yeah. Hit the throw. Step into the throw. Those are my only things. The third corner was bad. Anyone who says he had an awful game clearly did not watch the game. They turned it on after halftime and said, oh, he was bad. No, that wasn't the case. It was only the third quarter, which really had me heated.
0: Yeah, and he made some plays in the fourth quarter. So uh, whoever's saying that about Carson Wentz is obviously one of those people that I think Carson Wentz, and this is my stance on him also that I didn't even get to share earlier. I think he gets most blame because of past experiences. I think people so used to what he was last year and when he had – volatile situation, the bad situations in Philly, that that's what they remember from him. And they apply it to what he's been this year. And he's the furthest thing from what he was last year, this year. Carson Wentz is nothing like that. Yes, I told Mike earlier, and, and, and me and Mike know this because we talk about it. Carson Wentz has moments during the game where he's, you scratch your head like, what the, what are you doing? You know, you yell at the TV. He missed wide open guys sometimes. Uh, he missed a, a check down in that quarter, wide open, if you put the ball on Jonathan Taylor, it, it's a first down and we move moving the chains. But, you know, those things are going to happen, man. And, and the reason you know this some more is because you're a fan of the team. If you watch Tom Brady enough, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I have a friend who's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. He can he point out every miss that Tom Brady makes. He texts the group message. Look at Tom Brady missing missing a guy in a flat again. He sees it differently. You, you view it differently when you're a fan of that player. You scrutinize him more than anything because you have emotional ties to it. So you're going to overanalyze everything. You're going to talk about the mechanics. He didn't set his feet on that throw. Uh, he's not following through on that throw. You know He's still choppy when he's stepping up in the pocket. You know, you're know you going to do those things. And, and you just got to understand, man, Carson's not perfect. He's not the prototypical guy with all the proper footwork and all the proper mechanics. He's just going to be Carson. And, and and y'all have to learn that has to become good enough for you guys. And, and if it's not then you're just going to be pissed and have this emotional roller coaster with Carson that I'm refusing to have, man. He's the guy I'm rolling with him and that's just says what it is. So that's how I feel about Carson.
1: There you go. There you go. And I'm not going to harp on this too much. Only because he made the play in the fourth quarter that won the game and Hey, we don't talk about all the stupid throws and the interceptions Patrick Mahomes makes. We throw on exactly. the highlights. We throw on those highlights. We don't talk about the overthrows, the underthrows, the pass between the stupid legs that he tries to do, all that stuff. We put, we turn on those touchdown passes, right? So let's turn them on for Carson Wentz. The last thing exactly. we're going to talk about, guys, before we get out of here, looking at the playoff picture right now, and boy, is it getting good. Two weeks to mm-hmm. play. The Colts playoff chances has increased to about 94% after last night's win. 94 94%. 94% they can clinch by beating um by beating Oakland this week. If they Vegas. beat Oakland, they huh? Oh, ve- Vegas. If they beat I do it Vegas, too. I do it too. <laughs> if they beat Vegas this weekend without it, they, you don't even have to worry about any other games. Beat Vegas, you're in the playoffs. All right? Win out you secure the fifth seed. Even, like, if something crazy were to happen and they lose to Vegas, they would still be the fifth seed because they have a two-game lead on conference record and the head-to-head tiebreaker against New England, who is right behind them. So they have that going for them. Right now, as it stands, KC, of course, number one. Tennessee, number two. Cincinnati, number three. Buffalo, number four. Indy, number five. New England, number six. Baltimore, number seven. Now, what's interesting about that right now is Miami is playing New Orleans. If Miami wins the game tonight, they will take over the seventh seed, which is, dude, they were one in seven. They were one in seven and now sitting at seven and seven, right in position to get into the playoffs. Why is that important? Colts have a head-to-head tiebreaker on them. So they can't be jumped. They have a head-to-head tiebreaker, and it will take a lot for that to even become a conversation. So, right. right now, as it stands, KC is hot. Cincinnati, whoa. I mean, what a year for Cincinnati fans. The Bengals, the Bearcats, getting ready to upset Alabama this, this uh, Friday, college football playoff. What a, what a year for them. Will I Anderson mean, said they're the underdogs. Right. You're the underdog. Preseason number one. College football playoff number one, three-touchdown favorite, Heisman Trophy winner, first-round picks. You're the underdog, dude. Yeah, you're the underdog. Okay, probably to pass your math test, but other than that, it doesn't come on the football field. So let's stop pushing those narratives. Stop saying you're the underdog, all right? Jesus Christ, Uh, freaking NFL junior over here. Um, Look, who, I mean – Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, who I loved, who I wanted to go get. Obviously, we didn't get him. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, who I wanted the year prior. He is so good. That is a squad. The
0: Bengals would it, though. when it came down to T. Higgins or Michael Pittman,
1: though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to the Bengals, one week you can get them like you got them last night, yesterday or you can get them when they play the Browns. They're, they're a young team who don't know how to consistently bring that energy yet. They're young and they're going to grow Would I want to play them. Sure. Yeah. Go on their home field, take the run game to them and let's go. And their offensive line
0: is still bad. That's going to be their Achilles heel in the playoffs. Their offensive line is really bad.
1: Definitely. So, Hey, I would take that matchup uh, Me too. if we somehow, you know, New England, Buffalo right now, if it ended today, we would be going back to Buffalo to play in a wild card game. Now, honestly, I don't see that even turning into a rivalry. We've played twice in the last two years, won a playoff game, one in a much needed game. There's just no bad blood there. There's not. There's respect between both sides. There's no fights or anything. We play New England again, boy, man. Put the boxing gloves on instead of yeah. football gloves. Yeah, I think Frank.
0: I think Buffalo being Frank Wright's old team too is it, it that plays into it. that plays into his mentality. You yeah, know, it, it, it'll never go past you know actual things on the field. But I'm gonna be honest, man. I don't want to play Buffalo again after what we did them last time. I, I, they're the least matchup that I want. I would rather play Tennessee. I would rather play whoever wins the NFC North. I mean AFC North. I don't want to play Kansas city as well. That's another team. I don't want to play.
1: That's actually, that's actually interesting because Buffalo, I mean, clearly you lost your white. So you lose your what? Top five corner in the league. You're, you're not going to have a number one over Michael Pittman uh, following or anything. So that's true. I didn't yeah, even that, think about it.
0: white. Yeah,
1: that is interesting. Uh, But right now, right now, just sitting right now, Would you consider this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender? If you had to grab, you know, 10 teams or even just grab six teams and say, these are the teams I expect, three from the AFC, three from the NFC. These are the teams I expect to be in the Super Bowl. Right now, would you confidently 100% say Indy is in that three?
0: My three for the AFC, he's definitely in it. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. he he's one. The AFC they're one hundred percent, and the only team, like I said, I'm not confident about is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, uh, they they still worry me because of their explosiveness on offense. But other than that, I'm going Colts at number two, and I'm going, I'm going Buffalo three. I'm going, Buffalo three, I'm going Buffalo three. I'm going Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going Colts. I'm going Buffalo, and I'm going Kansas City And the AFC, and in the NFC, I'm going Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and
1: the Rams yeah I'll do the same three uh Green Bay Tampa Bay hey man this year might be the year for Aaron Rodgers might be defense stepping up I mean golly dude Aaron Rodgers is the most talented person to throw the football I don't care I don't care about Patrick Mahomes I don't care about Tom Brady's accomplishments this dude is just so talented he is probably going for another MVP but staying on the Colts yeah, they're they're in my three for me. I would probably honestly say the Chiefs, the Colts, and dare I even say the Bengals. The Bengals, I'm not the mad at that because they're streaky, dude. They are, they are. streaky. They are. And when Trey they're Hendrickson, hot, they're hot. Trey Hendrickson, you know, coming back having another 13 sack season. Their defense just flying all over the place. I'll take them. I honestly, right now, I would have the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Now, if things lined up perfectly and they didn't have to travel to Kansas City in the Mm -hmm. Divisional, of course. But, hey, man, it's all going to figure itself out, guys. It is all going to figure itself out. I can't wait. Two more weeks to go. We will keep you guys up to date with what's going on with the COVID stuff, uh, possible additions, who's still out, all, all that good stuff, guys. Right now, we're the fifth seed. We're looking like we're going to be the fifth seed. So pay attention who is going to be that number four because there is still a three team race between, you know, Cincinnati, New England, Tennessee. There's still a race between those guys. So, again, guys, this is the Blue Stable Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe on YouTube, rate review on Apple Podcasts. Here's Rashad McGinnis. I am Michael Tarazis. We are sorry we didn't miss you guys last week. Again, it was the holidays. Please understand. But we will have a preview for the Colts and the Raiders. All right, let's close this thing out on a 9-0 and run to end the year. Let's end it 9-0. and All right? That would be crazy. That would be crazy, and it's going to happen because this team is special. Let's get it. We'll see y'all in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. See you. Yes, sir.